Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. Today, I am doing a life update of my UC journey. It is March 23rd, 2023. I will be discussing updates on my newsletter, upcoming topics, listener reports on CBD, THC, and nicotine, and updates on my histamine intolerance, my strange series of panic attacks that I mentioned and kind of never explained, and my UC diet. Just a couple of announcements. For those of you who have signed up for the UC newsletter, I did a video newsletter in December 2022. For those of you who signed up for the newsletter recently, I am finally getting around to recording another video newsletter very soon. I do apologize, everyone. I've been swamped finishing and submitting my book to the agents and the editors who requested it. So we will see what the publishing professionals think. Anyway, back to the newsletter. I am moving it to a platform called Substack. I'm vibing with this platform because I use it for my author and podcaster newsletter. Therefore, the next newsletter announcement you will receive from me will be from my Substack account. So make sure you check your promotions tab if you're on Gmail or any of those uh, promotion or social tabs because it may end up there. For this year, if you would like to see a topic explored, please email me or DM me. Here are the topics I plan to cover in 2023 for this podcast. Bioenergetic testing, peptide therapy, ozone therapy, psilocybin, the different levels of UC from I can't take a sip of water to I can eat a salad in a restaurant, sex with UC, new German medicine, interview with my husband if I can get him on, on how my UC affects him, especially when I had my life-threatening flare and his feelings on me healing naturally and not taking pharmaceuticals. Interview with a medical professional who is a listener. I've already talked to her and she's going to come on and tell her story later in the year. And hopefully I'll get Dane Johnson back on to discuss healing a child with UC. If there's anything else you would like me to research and discuss, please let me know. I just want to address something really funny, or I found funny because I have ozone therapy on this list. If anyone listened or heard or read about Gwyneth Paltrow's interview, it happened several days ago, and she talked about her diet, and I was just laughing because I don't know, like you guys, I've seen some interviews with her, and I I have a hard time taking her seriously sometimes. I heard an interview with her and this guy in the height of the lockdown and COVID, and they were both freaking out in their overprivileged way that they didn't have a home gym and how terrible that was and how their life was so affected. I mean, people around them at that point were dying, were sick, and this is their biggest concern. And by the way, they talked about it for quite a while on this podcast. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about her. I I have mixed feelings about Goop. Sometimes I think it's good. Sometimes I think, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. But she went on, if anyone hasn't heard, and she talked about her diet on this podcast recently. And she said that she basically just eats bone broth and she eats paleo 
and she does this big intermittent fast, but she lives on coffee and bone broth. And it just, it wasn't good. There was a lot of backlash. I had heard in another podcast that she is being sued right now because apparently she mowed down someone on a ski slope and the person suing her. So <laughs> I think it might be that old magic trick of let's talk about something over here controversial so we can forget about this other thing over here. I really don't take her that seriously. She was big. For those of you who are younger listeners, I want to say it was around the early 2000s when she won for won the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. She was talking about something. Uh, she was on the ma- microbiota, macrobiota diet. I can't even remember the name of what it was called. Macrobiotics. I think that's what it was called. And this diet now, uh, science has proven that it's actually extremely unhealthy. And people who did this diet for quite a long time ended up having a lot of serious health problems. And she kept going to promote it on all these talk shows and everything. So really, guys, if if you hear... <laughs> her talk, take it with a grain of salt. The fact that she's living on bone broth when she doesn't need to, when she doesn't have ulcerative colitis, she doesn't have Crohn's. I understand she says she has long COVID. Again, I don't know why someone without an inflammatory bowel disease would just intentionally torture themselves by eating bone broth all the time. Um, She did say in response to that interview, she eats a lot of cooked vegetables, which is good and all of that. So she really expanded on it. Got to take these things sometimes with a grain of salt. So moving on, if you remember, I had asked if anyone had good experiences with healing a flare or reducing inflammation with either CBD or THC. And we discussed nicotine and smoking to stop a flare. For those of you who didn't listen to the nicotine episode, many UC sufferers have reported that smoking and or nicotine patches have helped stop a flare. This is because the nicotine builds a mucus barrier in your colon. For the CBD question, listener Amanda reported that she tried nicotine patches for two weeks, but she didn't feel well and she experienced insomnia. As for the CBD, here's what Amanda reported. I took a dose of CBD in the evening and when I went to the bathroom in the morning, it was still a bit of a painful ordeal, but no blood. It was the first time in months, so I took another dose that morning and I was traveling home two and a half hours away and noticed that my pain was a lot less. I spoke with my physician who referred me to a specialist to have an appointment to get medicinal CBD on prescription. The specialist told me that a lot of people with UC are reaching out to try CBD. He strongly suggested I also try a very small dose of THC in the evenings and that his other clients are getting results using both. That is great news. I love hearing that. I applaud anyone who can use marijuana for this disease. Unfortunately, as I've said many times, I can't use either CBD or THC because I have the rare reaction where they bring out my anxiety. I will say the you know few times I've used them that I did feel all the pain leave my body. I will say that. I felt like there was just magic <laughs> happening all over my body, like these little bursts of magic. So I will say that. The good news is that, Amanda, you are trying everything 
and discovering what will heal you. And you will find that magic combination. And as we always say, UC is a complex disease. Thus, the solutions are often multifaceted. And what helped me in my flair is hearing that the body wants to heal. I, I feel like sometimes I don't say that enough on this podcast to remind people because you guys write me that you're in tough spots right now or you're in a flare. Just remember the body wants to heal. Then our other wonderful listener, Chris, reported on using nicotine, and here's what she said. In the late 90s, I bought the nicotine transdermal patches. I experienced vivid dreams and was agitated. It was awful. I tore off the patch and began smoking. I pondered the risks, colon versus potential lung damage. It came down to quality of life until a cure was discovered. Smoking allowed me to control the dosage and the timing of the dosage. Thus, I experienced less side effects. I continue to smoke as I believe my UC would be worse if it had stopped. One challenge I've experienced is the ability to purchase affordable short-term and long-term care and life insurance coverage. I don't qualify for any of the above. Companies test for nicotine. If someone is on the patch, it's still detected. I question whether they would believe that someone is on the patch solely for the purpose of UC treatment. For the reasons I have mentioned, I don't recommend nicotine as a go-to treatment for UC. However, I have exhausted all the options that were available to me at the time. Today, I hesitate to believe that I could be asymptomatic without any drug intervention. Chris wrote me this incredibly insightful email in which she detailed her 38-year UC journey. Thus, I have to say that there's a lot more to Chris's story, but I had to condense it for this episode, saying that, again, I'm happy to hear, Chris, that you have found what works for you. Is it a perfect solution? Is anything a perfect solution unless we discover 100% cure without side effects or any damage to our bodies? No, of course not. Everyone's journey is different. And we just do the best we can. And I just want to add something because it just popped in my head because I had a discussion with some someone else about this. I talked to someone who has a very successful podcast and hers is on suicide loss. Between this podcast and the suicide loss one, obviously we're talking about apples and oranges, but still two very serious podcasts, very serious subjects. And What this woman told me was she said she thinks she does, I hate to say with suicide loss, does well. I I don't want to put it in those words, but her podcast gets a lot of downloads, not only because of the topic, but she said now the topic of grief and mental health is sexy. And those are the words she used. And I think there has to be something with, and I know it sounds ridiculous what I'm about to say but where UC and Crohn's and IBD has to be sexy. Now, I know that sounds bizarre. I know the whole thing sounds weird. How do you make, you know, having bloody stools and all that sexy, right? It's not. But something around the discussion of it, I see what she's saying has to be sexy. So I I think Chris, and the reason I'm saying this to you, uh, because Chris brought up a really good point that I had to cut out. And she said, I've had this disease for 38 years, and I am extremely disappointed that we aren't anywhere near a cure. And I think it really has to do with this sexy quality. I know it sounds crazy, but when my friend told me that, I it went ding, ding, ding. I said, yeah, that's the problem. It's cool 
and again, I hate saying it this way, but it's, it's cool to heal someone who has mental health issues now. It's cool, right? But it's still not cool to talk about IBD and it's still not cool to talk about healing IBD. So I always say that I want to take the stigma away from IBD and that's one of the goals of this podcast. But I also think there's something to what my friend said about how do we make this conversation sexy so other people can be involved and a cure can come faster. So it's just something that clicked with me. I, I don't know what how you guys feel about it. I know it's a weird thing to say, but I thought it was a very valid point. So I just want to share it. I thought it was very interesting what Chris said about life insurance. And I remember being screened when I received life insurance. I had no idea that smoking was a deterrent. I remember them asking me, Thus, I really appreciate Amanda and Chris for keeping us posted on your individual UC journeys. I've learned so much about this disease from both of you, and you have helped so many listeners by being opened and allowing me to share your stories, so thank you. Changing topics, I would like to give an update on my histamine intolerance. I know you're all waiting for it. Woo, Yeah. <laughs> As I've discovered from my new natural doctor, a histamine intolerance is a major sign of a congested liver. I've been working on cleansing my liver for the past month by eating right as best I can. I'm not near perfect ever. So I'm not a Gwyneth Paltrow who's just sucking down coffee and bone broth or whatever the hell her fancy chef is. Can you imagine paying a fancy chef for, hey, here, I'd like some coffee in the morning and I'd like some bone broth. Okay, anyway. But I'm not her, so <laughs> I don't do that. So I eat as best I can, nowhere near perfectly. And I am using my natural doctor's liver detox tincture. And I've definitely made progress and I want to talk about that progress. But first, let me discuss the liver detox that I went through two to three weeks ago. I feel like I'm still going through it, but I'm also having my period. So I feel a little weird because of my period right now as well. My detox symptoms were my hair follicles in the front of my head were extremely painful. I had a major swollen tongue again. My sleep was disturbed. I was angry. Just ask my husband. <laughs> I had an itchy vagina, so it may have been a bit of candida. I was extremely emotional and anxious upon waking up. And histamine-wise, I was reacting to everything again with regard to food. And the strangest part was I had a series of several panic attacks several days in a row. And I hadn't had a panic attack in years. In fact, in so long that I can't remember when my last panic attack was. I endured these detox symptoms for a week or so, and then I was fine again, and everything went away. Then I visited my amazing acupuncturist, and she said, not only was I experiencing a liver detox from the tincture and eating as best I can, but many of her clients were experiencing similar emotional symptoms that same week. She said, this is because late February is the time that the liver naturally detoxes in the spring in Chinese medicine. The northeast of the U.S. where I live aligns with the Chinese seasons. So that's why myself and her clients were experiencing this normal spring liver detox. She said, if you are normally a calm person, your emotions will heighten during the spring detox or if you are normally an anxious person, you will calm down during the spring detox. I thought that was super interesting 
because I never heard that before. She also told me the painful hair follicles are inflammation, which I think we all know. But what I didn't know is they are a sign of a histamine intolerance. She also checked my tongue and said that the scalloping or indentation marks were almost non-existent. Thus, my tongue is much less swollen. She has said many times the swollen tongue has to do with sleep, but I think it also has to do with the histamine intolerance. The progress I made from this liver detox is I'm craving greens a lot more. I drink green smoothies. I eat eat probiotic sauerkraut. I eat salads. I've been hitting it a little too hard with the red wine, though. (laughs) If anyone follows me on Instagram at two inches off the ground, you can attest to that. On Instagram, I do stories of my meals that I can eat with IBD, and I tag the brand so you have the information, too. Also from this liver detox, my period is back to normal. It had been a little off, so what happened was I would get my period a little bit two days before the date I should have gotten it, and then it would stop, and then on the correct day, it would happen fully. So that's not normal for me. Usually it just happens on the correct day, and it's heavy that day, and now it's moved back to that. Also, my emotions are in check, and I can eat some foods with higher histamines, such as wine, beans, and avocado. I cannot eat bananas yet, which I found out the hard way. I don't have to take histamine blockers anymore, only rarely, and I do still take digestive enzymes before certain meals and definitely before drinking alcohol. I do want to say something else small about histamines. I went down to the city last week. I live on a farm in a rural area, but I went down to the city last week, meaning New York City. And I was having a histamine reaction sitting in Madison Square Park. So that had to be allergies. So I will say that because this is allergy season, I have noticed I have been having a little bit of problems with histamines again. Right now, I woke up and my throat was a little phlegmy. Sorry to say it like that, but it it was. So I am noticing because of spring, I am getting a few of those symptoms again, which tells me that I just have to clean out my liver even more. I have been told by people I trust and, and also I've read online that if you've been exposed to a lot of these elements as a child, so you've been exposed to dust and you've been exposed to all sorts of trees and pollen and your parents didn't keep you from that, you're much better off as an adult. And you can see that with my husband. My husband was raised on a farm where he was exposed to everything. They never wore masks when he was a child. They never wore, you know, handkerchiefs or anything over their mouths when they were doing anything. And now he has an iron clad body against any sort of invading histamine or allergen. He's amazing. I mean, he can go out in a dusty situation, mow our fields, and he has no reaction to anything. So I do think that these allergic reactions to spring are a lot because yes, your liver needs to be detoxed and you need to have a clean liver. But then I think part of it is just exactly what happened with my husband. If you've been exposed to these elements, these allergens, when you were a young child, then now you're much better off because your body has created that tolerance. And this is more of a life update. I've gained a few pounds. 
I'm still thin and I look fine, but I forgot how quickly alcohol adds weight after not drinking it for years. I'm not allowing myself any more wine in the house, even though I love it. Only when I eat out, I'm allowing myself to drink wine. And the good news is that I'm able to absorb nutrients and gain weight. So even though this wasn't an ideal thing, I'm finding that yes, I can absorb nutrients again. I also forgot how much alcohol fucks up your facial skin and it can bring your anemia back. So yeah, I'm cutting back. At least that's what I say now. I should be cutting back. I have been cutting back. So just a tidbit on that. I'm still off grains, soy, certain nightshades, and white cane and coconut sugar. And I have to say, I don't miss the grains or soy at all, but I do miss tomatoes and tomato sauce. I'm hoping to add them back soon, but I did have something with tomato and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't terrible either, but somewhere in between. I am always honest on this podcast. So I want to be uh, as honest with you as I can about my diet. I totally went off the rails before St. Patrick's Day. It was the day before St. Patrick's Day. My husband and I visited the city or New York City, and we ended up at Molly's, which if you look that up, that's one of the last authentic Irish pubs in the city. And I hit it hard. <laughs> I hit it hard for me. I mean, I didn't sit there and do Irish car bombs and just, you know, do shots of vodka or anything like that. I had chocolate cake, which had the white sugar and the white flour, a quarter of a Guinness beer. And then earlier that day, I had a quarter pint of IPA at Gramercy Tavern. So I kind of fucked myself. I definitely felt it in my stomach, liver, and colon for several days afterwards. And I'm now just getting back to normal. Will this happen again? I'm sure it will. But the next time I know to hit it hard with just the IPA and leave out the chocolate cake with the white flour and the white sugar and the Guinness because I know those were the culprits. I had went to a bar three weeks before and I had a little bit of an IPA, maybe half a pint, and I was totally fine. And yes, IPA has grains. I completely understand that. So I did, quote unquote, cheat, if you want to call it that, because I'm not supposed to be eating grains. And yes, IPA has gluten. So I understand that. But you know what? That's the way it goes sometimes. So just being honest with you. Man, this has turned into a longer episode than I had thought. Uh, Okay. The last update I have is my gastroenterologist. I have that six-month checkup in early May, and I have to get my shit together. That means I will be doing both the stool calprotectin test, as you guys know it very well, and the blood work around the last week of April. I want to ensure good results so I can hold off on a colonoscopy for at least a couple of years. My goal is to receive a colonoscopy every five years, but I have to show good results. Of course, I can... Anyone can always tell their GI no. I can refuse to have a colonoscopy. But he's the best GI in the area, and I'd like to maintain a good relationship with him where we can reach a compromise because I do see his point as well. Anyway, my cleanse is going into full effect the first week of April, so wish me luck. Other than that, keep emailing me and DMing me with your insights, questions, and suggestions, and more Next week, I will be back with an episode on a normal UC topic, one that I had listed. 
Until then, in my household, when we have the perfect poo, we call it a green heart. So what does that mean? That means that perfect stool when you turn around on the toilet and you're so proud of yourself because that stool is perfectly formed, nice brown color, no blood, no mucus. That's what we call a green heart. And I wish all of you a green heart day.